Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Scriptures Revealed Podcast, and I am excited to continue the journey in the book of Titus. If you have missed the last two podcast episodes, you want to go back and listen to those. And if you've missed the entire teaching, you want to be sure to listen to those on my Patreon. It's going to be sure to bless your life. All right, so we're going to continue in our journey. I know a lot of people, again, skip over the book of Titus because they live under a false uh, conception of the book that it is only for pastors and leaders. And what you have to become resolved about is that everything in the Bible has something to say to us. Now, listen to the way I phrase that. I did not say that everything in the Bible uh, needs to be followed to the letter and to the T. I'm not saying don't eat uh, shellfish and, and don't wear tattoos and all of the various lanes that you can go into and probably does require adequate teaching uh, to have biblical thoughts about. But what I am saying is that everything in the Bible does have something to say to you. There is a lesson lesson in everything. There is a mystery in everything. You got to remember that we're dealing with God's intellect and God's logic. And you cannot convince me that it's possible to read some words on a pages and think you're going to grasp the logic of God. Encoded in those words are mysteries, are insights, is wisdom to be gleaned from the mind of God. So I, I think if you don't pay attention to the book of Titus because you think it's only for leaders, you're going to miss out on some valuable principles for your life. Now, of course, pastors and leaders need to pay attention to the book because it will give you insight. It will give you wisdom pertaining to leadership. But my angle again for these series of teachings is not to teach the book of Titus pastorally or from the position of a leader. What I'm trying to do is open up your eyes to the book and how can I make this applicable to my everyday life. So that's the angle. So I'm not denying any other angle. I want to be clear about the angle I'm coming from. Now, uh, as, as a backdrop, as we begin to move into verses five through nine today, I want everybody to be clear about the value of wisdom, because that's essentially what we're dealing with today. We're going to be looking at what Paul instructed Titus to do regarding elders. But I, when you see the word elders in the Bible, what God is trying to do is he's trying to gift us wisdom. And one of the ways he gives us wisdom is through the position of an elder. Through the position of an elder. All right. And, and, and the value of wisdom. See, you're not going to honor and respect or recognize the elders in your life if you have no appetite for wisdom. So one of the things that you've got to begin to develop in your own heart in your own appetite, in your own desires, is you've got to begin to develop a desire and a hunger for wisdom. You've got to desire it above any and everything else. The book of Proverbs, uh, it gives us insight into this, that wisdom is the principal thing. Because if you have wisdom, you're going to have the information and the tools you need to secure your future. I'm going to say that to you again. When you have wisdom, what you have are the tools and the resources you need to secure your future. And not just any future, but the future that God has designed for your life. 
Wisdom is a navigational tool. It is, it is how you get from point A to point B. See, prophecy and revelation and, and, and declarations and announcements may announce to you what point B looks like. It may tell you, it may tell you what it smells like. It may tell you the season that is going to look like when it manifests. But what you need in order to get there is wisdom. And a lot of people are missing the wisdom of God. We have plenty of promises, plenty of prophecies, plenty of things written down in our journals, but we do not have the wisdom necessary to escort ourselves to that place of promise, to that place of prophecy. Uh, give you an example, and then we're going to do some work in the book of Titus. One of the major examples we see in the Bible is in the life of Moses and the story of the Israelites. The Bible says that God promised them a land. He promised them a territory. He decreed it unto them as an inheritance for them. And it was to be a land flowing with milk and honey. Watch this. But they did not just come out of Egypt and go directly into the promised land. What did they need in order to get from bondage in Egypt? to prosperity in the promised land, they needed the wisdom of God. So what did God instruct Moses to do? I don't want you to just take them out of Egypt into the promise. I want you to take them out of Egypt, bring them to this place that I met you, Moses, and gave you the wisdom that you needed in order to get them delivered. Bring them back to this place of wisdom, and I'm going to give them the wisdom they need in order to navigate life in the wilderness so that they make it to the promise. It was the fact that they they did not hearken to wisdom that they died in the wilderness. May that be a prophetic admonition to you that if you do not hearken to the wisdom of God, you may have accurate promises or valid promises and accurate prophecies. But if you do not heed to the wisdom of God, you may come out of bondage, but you may die in the wilderness because it takes wisdom to get to promise. It takes wisdom to get to prophecy. And everybody's life is on a track. Your life right now is on a track called destiny and it is en route to a promised land but in order to keep moving in the right direction you're going to need wisdom the wisdom of God at best okay so when you think of elders what God is trying to communicate to the body of Christ is that I have have made a role a position in my kingdom and my civilization for wisdom and I put it in a position called the elder which is why when you're reading scriptures at some points and places, elders refer to church leadership. In other places, elders can refer to an older person. Uh, uh, in other places, elders can ref uh, refer to a, a governing body uh, of believers. Uh, but the, the common denominator in all of those is that they these people are depicted as people that are walking in wisdom and can share wisdom and can impart wisdom. All right. So wisdom is that the heartbeat of that. Now, again, what Paul is instructing Titus to do is to build a church on the island of Crete. Now, we don't have to go back through all of those details, but I'm just bringing this back to the forefront of your mind. Paul wants Titus to build a church on the island of Crete, which means he wants Titus to build a satellite location, an embassy of heaven on the island of Crete. And watch this. And wherever the church is, it's supposed to oppose and go uh, counter against 
the culture of the place the church is being established. So in no place, in no city, in no state, in no country, should the church ever look like the city that it's in? Should the church ever look like the state that it's in? Should the church ever look like the country that it's in? Uh, or the continent that it's on? The church should look like the place that it originated from. And that is eternity and that is heaven so if a church does not look like heaven then it is indeed not living up to its identity because the identity of the church is to be an embassy of heaven so paul said in order to ensure that as you are building this church on an island called crete and that it maintains its identity as an embassy of heaven you've got to put some elders there okay so let's look at verse five and then we're going to show you how this applies to your life Verse 5 here says, For this cause left I thee in Crete. He's telling Titus, Why did I leave you there? That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. This is a critical, critical thing to pay attention to in this verse. As Paul said, the reason why I left you there in Crete is because I need to set some things in order, which means that without the church, things are left out of order. If the church is not influencing the culture, the culture is out of order. If the church is not influencing politics, then politics is out of order. If the church is not influencing education, then education is out of order. Wherever the church is not, then that thing is out of order. Do you you see the setup and, and the design of God? Okay, now that's the church picture. What I want you to grab a hold of is to understand that wherever the kingdom of heaven is not involved in your life, that is an area of your life that is out of order. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how skilled you are. I don't care how talented you are. What you need in your life is the presence of the kingdom of heaven. Because again, on the flip side, that's what the church was supposed to be manifesting. The kingdom of heaven in a locale. So what you, in order to apply that to your life, what Paul is saying here is that if you want to set some things in order, what you need is a greater manifestation of the kingdom. You need the kingdom to show up there. If your finances are out of order, yes, you need a financial plan. Yes, you need a budget. Yes, you need a savings plan. And yes, you need all of that. But what you do need is also the invasion of the kingdom of God. Make sure you are implementing kingdom principles in your finances. Make sure you're implementing kingdom principles in regards to your health. Make sure you're implementing kingdom principles in regards to your marriage. Because if you leave out the kingdom, what you are negating is order and you may have customized a peace plan and you may have customized an order but the reality of of it is that you are not in complete order without the kingdom being involved so paul said in order for this to truly be an embassy of heaven we've got to set some things in order uh, watch this the things that are wanting what are we setting in order here what does the kingdom need to be involved with things that are wanting that word wanting in the actual Greek means left undone, which means anything that is undone is left wanting. I want you to hear that. Anything left undone is left wanting, left wanting. So watch this. When you look at lack in your life, it means that something is undone. 
Wherever there is lack, wherever there is want, wherever there is a need, something is undone. How do I know that? The Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. So if the righteous feel forsaken, and if his seed is begging for bread, something is wanting, which means something is out of order. Because the proper order of things is that the righteous want for nothing. The proper order of things is that the seed never begs for bread. I'll give you another biblical principle. The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So if the Lord is indeed my shepherd and I am wanting, it means that something is out of order. Because proper kingdom order is that is. If the Lord is my shepherd, I don't want for anything. I don't lack for anything. So whenever I see want, whenever I smell lack, something is out of order and I need the kingdom to put it back in place. Watch this. And so what does Paul give him? If something is out of order and I need the kingdom to put things back in their rightful place, what do I need? He said, ordain elders in every city. Alright, so what is he saying? You're going to need the wisdom of God. Whenever you see something in the Bible and then its reality is not showing up in your life, the one of the places you need to look, the first place you need to look is you probably need to assess, do I have the wisdom I need in order to move into the place where I want for nothing? Do I have the wisdom I need to make sure that I am living like a righteous man that is never in lack and whose seed is never begging for bread? Do I have the wisdom I need to manifest the prophecy? That is where you need to go. When you have a promise and you have a prophecy and it's not showing up in your life, you better make sure outside of a timing issue, you better make sure that you have the wisdom you need to manifest the prophecy of God. In this context, he says you need to set elders there because elders are going to represent the wisdom of God in a locale. All right. So let's look at these qualifications and descriptions for an elder. Now, as we go through these, I'm going to show you and we're going to talk about the character of a wise person. All right. The character of a wise person, the responsibility of a wise person. Now, in the church context, again, these are staple things and these are boundaries and parameters and outlines and grids to be used when you're building church leadership. But what we also need to understand is that the Bible has something to say about your everyday life. And you're not going to have elders uh, <laughs> in your living in your household per se. Uh, the church need elders, but you may not have them in your, your life, in your everyday life. So what does that look like? It looks like wisdom. So we're going to look at the character of a wise person and the responsibilities of a wise person. And then pull this together to show you how to bring this and manifest this in your life so that you can walk in the promises of God. All right. So let's keep going. Hey family, were you enjoying that teaching? I hope you were. It is life changing and there's so much more that I have to share. I probably was teaching for about 45 minutes, but I was not able to share all of it on this podcast. If you want the full episode, 
click the link in the description and join my Patreon family so that you can get the full episode. And once you join, you're going to get full episodes every week. There's no way. Y'all know me. I love the Word of God. So I'm probably going to teach long every week, uh, no less than 45 minutes every week. If you want those full episodes, join my Patreon family so that you don't miss out on any of this good revelation. It is life-changing. It is life-transforming because it's all about the power of the Word. See y'all next week.